Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? I'm doing great. I mean, we're here. Emergence. What could be better? Season 10. It's crazy. It's crazy. We have so much to talk about today. Just a quick little plug. We talked for 40 minutes about Season 10 Emergence on the behind the scenes before the show started over on Patreon. So feel free to go check that out. Today we got a great episode though discussing the epic release of the 10th season of Apex Legends, Season Emergence, speaking to the initial reactions as well as predicting how it will impact uh, your guys' game that you're going to be playing throughout the season. Before we do any of that, though, make sure to join us on Discord to chat Apex, find teammates, and receive third-party updates. Links in the description. And submit your Season 10 clips to our Dropbox link. It's going to be in the description on our Discord and the Instagram. Uh, feel free for to submit there for a chance to be featured on our Instagram and TikTok. If you'd like to help continue the third-party podcast in this incredible community, please consider joining our Patreon. Over there, you can get benefits ranging from ad-free listening to exclusive merch, gaming sessions with Shay and I, and much, much more. Huge shout-out to everyone that's been with us since the beginning and continued support. It really means the world to us. We're going to dive straight into it. We're going to give you guys season 10, our first impressions. You know you guys are all going to get the deep dives on the weapons and the legends coming up here in the next couple of weeks. So today, we're going to touch base on what we didn't talk about last week, give you our first impressions. Before we do that, though, we just got to shout out Apex Legends, the number one game on Twitch right now. Nick Merckx, Courage, Tim the Tapman have switched over to the game, started before the release of the season. Uh, Peak viewership right now on this day since release it's been fantastic to see apex get the success on twitch that we've thought it deserves for a long time and we just got to say congratulations to apex on the smooth launch so far hasn't been a crazy you know in terms of server crashes and all the issues that we had last season and in the past so everything's been great so far and it's been a smooth smooth start to the season go apex Absolutely. have to just second that. It's really great to see the success of the game. And yeah, I mean, the servers are doing incredible. I think it's Mm -hmm. like a record. Um, Just kind of looking at the reporting, like it's very, very low concerning what it's been in the past and what we've come to expect. Couldn't be happier. Yep. Okay, let's do it. What everybody's been waiting for. First impressions on Seer. We've played a bunch of games so far, gotten in as much as we can before we hit this record button on the podcast. What are your first initial impressions of Seer HB? Yeah, so first off, I think we kind of underrated the passive coming out. You yeah. Coming out the gate. You and I were like theorizing about it, like, is this gonna be really good? Like you're gonna have to aim down sites to use it. Like, how is that even gonna be functional? It's been very impactful. What's been your best use case of it yet? I think just being able to know if enemies are nearby just Mm -hmm. by quickly tapping aim down sights is incredible. Like it's really, really good for the entire team. Uh, I think that the fact that it has a visual component is something that we didn't know. And that's kind of why we... Didn't expect the most from it, but I think this is a major component of his entire kit that takes mastery, but Mm -hmm. it is not to be overlooked, which I think we did before he was released. It plays so well into the tactical, but before we talk about the tack, I will just say that this passive, like after the first day of playing, I was like, one of my favorite and I think most underrated passives in the game is Crypto's ability to look through his drone and see how many squads are in the area on the banner. And I feel like you can do a very similar function with Seer's passive. And you don't have to pull out the drone and send it and fly it towards the banner, but you can scan the area in front of you. You could do a full 360 if you want to, and you're going to know if there's another team within 80 meters. And that is really, really nice in terms of preparing for a fight, in terms of after a third party, knowing if people are going to be screaming towards you at any pace. It's a very, very good passive. We definitely underrated it. And I, I think we'll give it some love in the next couple of months over the course of this season. And as we talk about mastering the legends and such with Seer. I agree. I think in more ways than one, it 
challenges and almost beats out cryptos one passive in that way um, because not only is it faster than pulling out the drone and just ADS, mm-hmm. um, you also get the direction as to where they totally. are. So you can hone in very quickly and have that aggression that is something that you want to pair with Intel, um, but it's sometimes difficult specifically with someone like crypto. I know we talked about on the last show, I mentioned like, I wonder if the use could be that like someone says, oh, I thought I heard something nearby and could see or then look at that and identify if there's a team. And you said, man, if he can do that, that's going to be really powerful. You can definitely do that and more. So I think he's uh, sliding in there with a powerful passive to start the game so far. Totally. Let's talk about the flashbang. <laughs> yeah. Major shocker with this tactical. Um I think that we now know that it, in fact, is more difficult to use than Bloodhound's tactical. This is going to be a debate. We're going to dive into it. We're going to try to come with an answer. We want to hear your thoughts. Um, But it is difficult to use, but the potential is insane. And I think that pulling off a successful uh, seer tactical can and will determine fights. Um, there's just so many abilities and applications, but what you mentioned, Shay, the flash effect took it's crazy. me by surprise. And I think that's the funny part because, you know, we've been monitoring social media, seeing people's first impressions of Seer before, like when the abilities came out before he's even been played. And we were like, man, there seems to be some strength in the tactical for sure. You know, disrupting healing, disrupting reses, tracking people. Those are all great things. But you and I kind of think have come to the conclusion that the most impactful part, maybe the second or third most impactful part of this tactical is the fact that it is a very overwhelming flash. If you get hit by it, it's very disorienting. It's very loud. It feels like a stun. It's the closest thing I think we've had to a flashbang in that way. We've always said flashbangs would be one of the most powerful things to come to the Apex Games if they ever did so. So seeing it in this form, when we weren't expecting that to be part of the power in his kit, I think has been shocking for the two of us. Yes, I think there's so much to unpack in this tactical that we're probably going to have to table the majority of it for mastering the legends, which will come totally. out in two weeks. But I think it's clear that there's a big skill curve to this tactical. And when pulled off, it is pretty difficult to come back from, to be honest, mm-hmm. in multiple different scenarios. I will say I, I got a kill with it. It does 10 damage. It's not a killing ability at all. But oh my goodness, did it feel hilarious to just send up this tunnel at somebody and just the a limb and then in the uh, death chain on the right side, it was like whatever the name of the tactical is exactly. And then just death. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that that's not okay that's like yeah i'm sorry like i feel horrible for you you were a solo also like oh tore horrible let's talk ult though first impressions on the ult yeah seer's ultimate seems to be very cool um right now it's also very popular so the whole map (laughs) is hilarious pretty much covered in these huge bubbles whenever there's a fight um but yeah I, i think it's very cool it has a lot of benefits um one thing that I've picked up on early is that there's a potential that if you overuse it, use it when you don't absolutely need to, like if people are right in front of you, the icons of scanning enemies could obstruct vision. It could mm-hmm. not be the best strategy to just toss it every fight if you already have visual contact. But yeah. outside of that, I think it's pretty good. And I think, Shay, you'd agree, it's not as easy to avoid being tracked as we thought yeah you have to crouch and to i think there's some people that will say all you have to do is crouch to avoid being scanned well the fact that you have now an ability that can force another team to have to crouch and slow down their play that's going to be incredibly powerful in itself yeah i think we're trying to figure out the use case for this though right now between the two of us and like you said with the tactical we'll dive deep in mastering the legends it's very interesting i was a little surprised by the shape of the uh ultimates though in that it's not this like full cylinder like crypto it is like a half circle or half dome and with that 
it's weird to use in the city environment of World's Edge sometimes when you're on multiple buildings. Like, well, I was in Watson's Village and, you know, Tower of Terror, however you want to call it. I've heard many names, but Watson's Village, the OG name for us. And it's like, if you throw it on the second or third floor, well, you'll scan above you. But now if someone drops to the first floor, they won't be scanned or revealed at all. And that's something I think we're going to have to get used to when you're fighting in the city environments that Apex is really popular and known for. Yeah, specifically on World's Edge. And yeah, you're right. It's not a perfect sphere. And, you know, it's tough because you have to crouch in order to avoid it, but you also can't shoot or else you'll be, you know, detected as well. And that is something that I'm not exactly willing to do, you know, to maintain stealth. Like Mm -hmm. if it's a fight, you have a really good chance of actually being able to use the tracking of the ultimate because I don't think many players are just going to pull back, stop fighting, crouch in a corner Mm -hmm. and hide because that's really hard if you're already on top of them. And incredibly impactful if you're approaching a third party where people are already shooting at each other. They're not going to stop shooting one another. They're going to die if that's the case. So really amazing for third partying. And great use case right now, just in all fights. We're really excited to dive into Seer over the next couple of weeks, get you guys the Mastering the Legends episode and have a really good time because he's a really fun character so far. Uh, And we'll see where he falls in the meta as of now. Are you ready to talk about what I think people may have forgotten about? Because I know I kind of forgot about it. I was looking at the update. We got ranked arenas. Yeah, it's It's awesome. It's here. I mean, you were very excited about this at the very beginning Mm -hmm. when Arenas was first announced. And so this has been long anticipated. I think the rollout of it is very, very interesting. The whole Mm -hmm. ranked point system that we discussed last week is not what we were expecting, uh, but I'm excited about it. And I think the new BR maps are cool. I can confirm that you can't go underneath in the Oasis map. Thank Mm -hmm. goodness. Everything is right (laughs) in the world. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to playing some ranked arenas. Yeah, join our Discord and I'll let you guys know where I uh, rank after these placement matches that I'll hopefully play over the next couple of days. We'll see. I'm excited to dive into it. It's a real incentive, I think, for people to play arenas if they're in it for the grind. There's a lot of people that play you know, ranked BR only. And now that gives you another outlet if you want to, you know, keep that competitive drive in a different form with Apex. Absolutely. Also have to give a little shout out to a member of the third party community, Hurdle3K. Just started an Apex Arenas podcast. Really, really cool. It's called Apex Arenas Meeting. Uh, There's going to be a link in the description for you to check it out. If you love arenas, this is the podcast for you. And Mm -hmm. he's just going to be going into all sorts of tips and tricks, team comp strategies, map breakdowns, you name it. It's a whole Apex podcast dedicated to arenas. It's a great idea. We really like the show. It's well produced. So hopefully you give it a shot and uh, enjoy. Yeah, we try and talk arenas on this show, but we don't always get it the full attention that it kind of sometimes deserves. But maybe with the ranked arenas coming out, that'll change a little bit. But for the most part, if you're an arenas only player, we talk BR so much. This will be a great fit for you. And Hurdle's a great dude, and it's going to be an awesome podcast over there. Let's do it, though. Let's dive into the patch notes and talk about kind of what we didn't fully get to dive into last week whether it was not there or we didn't get the full numbers first off we predicted some major stuff yeah one the care package i'm shocked that we ended up being right to be honest we'll talk a little bit more about it in just a few minutes but Mm -hmm. man we called exactly what was going to happen and if you were on behind the scenes of our patreon we called it weeks before we called it on a public episode is even the better part i honestly i think it was the right call we've been talking about the alternator for a long long time um, as a great potential with disruptors um but it was also a major shot in the dark so i'm proud of us for Mm -hmm. for making that call and making sure the prowler comes back so that was one thing we predicted and the other thing that i'm so pleased about which was on my major wish list for season 10 is all three maps are in public rotation 
now in Apex, which I think is a beautiful thing. I hope it's well received. I'm very excited about it. You know, we're starting off the season with one week just on World's Edge, which is wonderful. But yep. having all three maps, I think, is such a benefit. There's so much extra content we get to enjoy. I really like King's Canyon. And so I'm really hyped about that. And all those things happened. Yeah, it's going to keep things fresh, but yeah, we definitely killed the predictions this season around. And so, you know, if you're a third party or we're not going to miss on season 11 at this point, we're feeling hot at this point and uh, we're going, we're going to keep pulling from deep. Let's talk about the care package though. Something that is really cool. I think, I don't want to speak for you, but I would say that this is at least my favorite structure of the care package so far in terms of design for what I always thought the care package would and should be and just having the fun guns that are a little different finally in there. Yeah, absolutely. I think that four weapons really fits the care package great with the current Mm -hmm. weapon pool. And so I'm really excited about this and I agree. There's nothing else I can add. I think that all the weapons fit the care package quite well. um, And I like the diversity that's there. Let's start off by talking about the alternator. Have you actually gotten it yet? I haven't. And we've only yeah, we've only played for a couple hours before recording the show. I haven't gotten it yet either. So I'm really excited to melt some people with it. Hopefully I'm chasing care packages more than I ever have before. But break it down for the people that maybe aren't too familiar with this throwback alternator that's in the care package. It's been a long, long time since we've seen anything like this, but essentially the alternators in the care package with disruptor rounds, it does increase damage to shields. Now, mm-hmm. there is a little bit of a variation between the season two disruptor rounds and the season 10 disruptor rounds in the care package. Now it's a 40% increase damage to shields, and it used to be 55%. I can't believe it used to be 55. Yeah. That's crazy. But here's the interesting part. Because the alternator had its damage increased in season five, Mm -hmm. the disruptor effect is actually exactly the same in terms of the shots and time to kill. Mm. So it's being sold as kind of like, oh, don't freak out. It's not going to be super overwhelming. But essentially, it's exactly the same as it was. Just the weapon has been rearranged a little bit at how the disruptor works and how the just the alternator is in terms of DPS accuracy, things like that. Yeah. Now that being said, it's powerful, but it still requires 11 shots to knock someone with purple armor, including the disruptor round effect. That's nice because it brings down the accuracy requirement to only 40%, but it's time to kill is 1.1 seconds. Essentially that's not like, going to blow the R99 out of the water. It's essentially Mm -hmm. an easier volt, which I think is pretty fair, where you're getting a care package weapon that has a fun effect, that can be used great as a team, and it's going to be competitive with other SMGs, and it's going to be fully kitted, of course, but it's not going to come in and just determine end games, uh, maybe like the next weapon. Yeah, yeah. It, it it won't determine anything, but I do think it's key to say that it is easier to use. It's the alternator has always been known for its easy to control recoil. And so regardless of what skill level you are, this is going to be an effective gun to pick up and have some success with just because of that ease of use. And there's the fun uniqueness about it as well that increases the effectiveness of the gun. But I don't think there's a lot of people out there that don't feel confident in their alternator shots. And so that's going to be a very welcome addition to the care package where unfortunately we were preaching how amazing the pot rowler was last season and we still saw it just not picked up so many times i feel like this is a gun that should be picked up pretty much every time unless you are one of those r9 believers and you're the goat of all players and you know i feel free i wish i wish i was on that level <laughs> it's got a cult following the the r99 so power it to definitely you definitely does yeah. i recommend the disruptors though definitely give it a shot but speaking of approachability as something that's mm-hmm. in the care package we have the spitfire and we've said it before say it again this is and was the most popular and most powerful weapon in Apex Legends. They put in the care package, reverted to season eight, mag size, damage, hip fire spread, all that. And 
I'd like to hear your thoughts on it, Shay. But it's very interesting that we could have predicted this. The response to the power of the Spitfire mm-hmm. wasn't really appropriate. It was clear. They were doing these small changes, but they didn't want to kill the weapon because they wanted it to feel right that it went into the care package. And so I think that was kind of an interesting decision. We haven't always seen it done that way mm-hmm. where they don't actually solve the problem. They kind of let the problem linger maybe mm-hmm. in order to solve it in a big, more permanent way with the care package. I mean, this gun is amazing. And I think that you hit it right on the head that it is a gun that looking at the changes it was why we were able to kind of make the jump and the guess that it's going to the care package. If they had nerfed it into the ground and then put it in the care package, you probably lose a portion of the audience that would have been excited to go try and push a care package to grab this gun. Because as much as, you know, we try and share these patch notes and changes and teach all y'all, you know, the little intricacies of the game. Not everybody knows that kind of stuff. And so if they use the gun, it doesn't feel good, and then it goes into the care package, they might not get the memo or assume that it's a very, very powerful gun, even more so than it was before, and then go use it. So I think they they nailed it in that sense. This gun, as it stands right now, is so incredibly powerful. Please pick it up. If you have the opportunity to grab this weapon, I would recommend doing so. 9.9 out of 10 times, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really interesting um, with the Spitfire being gone just because it was so attached to so many players unlike any weapon ever before. Now it's getting removed. Apex has a wonderful track record of being able to do that and take mm-hmm. beloved weapons and remove them from the ground loot with no major uprising. And I PK going to the pack is still the craziest thing I feel like has happened in this game's history. So I, I hope we can kind of continue that positivity mm-hmm. and acceptance of these big decisions because honestly, I know multiple players that just use the Spitfire only. Mm-hmm. Every game, mm-hmm. every legend, whatever. And that is no longer an option. Gone. Are they going to enjoy the game the same amount? Are they going to perform the way they always wanted to? I'm not trying to say the Spitfire is or was a crutch, but Mm -hmm. there's no denying the fact that it was incredibly powerful and incredibly popular. So will the aftermath of the Spitfire being put into the pack be different than what we've seen before? I think, hope not, but we'll see. Time will tell. I think you might get a little more pushback than in the past. It'll be interesting. We're excited to monitor it. Um, I think maybe the Rampage coming in at the same time hopefully will ease a little bit of the burden. And honestly, guys, like we're not going to really cover too much on the Rampage this week just because next week, deep dive. Going to get everything you ever want, all the opinions, all the numbers. So stay tuned for that. But I'm really interested to monitor the Spitfire situation. And in general, this care pack situation, I feel like the care package is very healthy and I'm more incentivized, I think, than ever to go try and push a care package right now. And we'll see if that changes the pace of play and how people are fighting in any form of pubs to high levels of ranked right now. Let's talk about maybe the most interesting change to the weapons of anything and talk about the L-Star, though. Yeah, massive changes coming to the weirdest gun in the game, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, we discussed it last week in terms of the loot-based changes, um, yeah. but we didn't fully dive into the gameplay implications and impacts. The L-Star is no longer this plain Jane powerhouse where you pick it up and it's strong and it's going to maintain mm-hmm. its strength, um, mostly in arenas, but also in the BR. Um, it's no longer necessarily that, um, at least on paper. Yeah. Other changes to the L-Star are the hip fire spread has been increased. We'll see. I think it'll take a little <laughs> bit to actually feel that alongside the other changes um, because they also did a much more influential uh, buff almost to the L-Star in that the visual effects uh, of the muzzle flash have been reduced by half. So hopefully it's easier to actually see where your shots are going and see your target. Um, That was the biggest knock we've had on the gun for a very long time. You know, like you said, it was a powerhouse from when you picked it up till very, you know, mid to late game. 
but the muzzle flash held it back from being the uh, an approachable weapon yeah. for everyone to be able to use. It took a lot of skill to use the gun. Hopefully, now it's a bit more of the maybe it can be used as the Spitfire for some people in that way. Yeah, I'm trying to choose my words pretty carefully here because I think these changes to the L Star are a nerf to how the L Star has been used in the past. Mm-hmm. Though there's the bright side that it can be even stronger in the late game with all purple attachments, including a purple barrel stabilizer, which we always talk about, the hidden amazing. power, mm-hmm. these changes to the, the visual effects, and then the fact that it can hold an extended mag that lets it have 13% less of an accuracy requirement, allowing you to mm-hmm. put out 28 shots before overheating compared to 21 this is almost a buff, uh, uh, pretty much across the board for the L-Star. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to dive deeper into breaking down exactly where the L-Star sits in terms of the LMGs next week. Um, and then also just cover everything about the Rampage because Shay and I already uh, really love the gun. And I think, I think it's one of our favorite additions so far. Sneak peek is we both kind of were okay with it being called a faster G7. That's all. Sneak peek. That's the subtitle right there. That's the subtitle. Tune in next week. Let's talk about our beloved gum, the Prowler. It's back. Oh my goodness. You know we've been asking for it for a long time. It came back with a change though. Time between bursts going from 2.4 seconds from the two seconds it originally was. It was something that we were back and forth on if it was going to be an impact to the gun and an impact to how you and I have used it for a very, very long time leading up till its addition to the care package. What are your early indications on this gun? Is it a meaningful nerf for the weapon outside of the full auto being taken away, obviously? Yeah, we discussed that last week, just the burst Mm -hmm. requiring a little more skill, but honestly being a a favor of the pros, uh, going into it, burst mode has traditionally been kind of the favorite. Um, but is this a meaningful nerf slowing down the, the bursts essentially? Yes and no. Before this change, the time to kill on purple armor was 0.95 seconds. Now it's 1.03 seconds, which is just slightly slower than the R99. The fact is the Prowler went into the care package stronger than the R9, and when it came out, it was weaker in terms of ease of use, the burst only, and a slower time to kill. But it might not be a meaningful nerf because it's up in the air. Having a burst weapon means more headshots. As soon as you incorporate that, the time to kill is just incredibly impacted. So mm-hmm. the Prowler is likely going to be very competitive and perhaps the go-to SMG in extreme close ranges. I'm excited. It's be I love the weapon. Yeah. Um, you and I are both huge fans, so we're going to really monitor how this develops over the course of the season because I think you and I are both pretty okay with a Prowler meta especially if it's not as overwhelming as it was before it got thrown in the pack. Totally. Love the gun. Glad to have it back. It it was in there way too long. It was. Freed, finally. Both guns freed. We freed the Prowler from the care pack and we freed the alternator disruptors from the vault. You know, everything's looking great this season. Let's talk about the most controversial gun of season nine and see if it's going to change in season 10 and the EVA, which got a change so that the fire rate with bolt rarity is now slower, which is such an interesting terminology. We always talk about how the shotgun bolt is a really interesting and weird attachment. I know we have some impressions to share of the gun, but share the quick dev note. I think that showcase some of the interesting details behind the scenes here. So I think that your catching of the weird wording here pretty much opens the whole thing up. They did not just mm-hmm. give it a baseline reduction of speed. Why not? They're keeping it strong. That's yeah. that's the chase. Like the EVA 8 is so strong. It was incredibly strong before they changed the rate of fire. 
at, at mm-hmm. a baseline and it is not brought below that level at all. I don't think it's been reverted. I don't think it's been over nerfed to where it even was before. Um, but essentially the dev note is that we've talked to the lead weapons designer on the show. We've, you know, had some conversations online with different devs, watched the dev stream, read their notes on it. Essentially they're trying to push it more in line with the other shotguns, but we know the truth. The fact of the matter is it's extremely strong. It, it isn't just the rate of fire. It's everything. It's the mag mm-hmm. size. It's the damage. It's the pellet spread. This is an incredible shotgun and it's not going away this season. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we uh, see the patch notes early and get hints of like, oh, the EVA 8's getting a nerf while it's the meta. I liked in my last week, try to use the gun a lot in that one last ride, mm-hmm. a little hurrah before maybe it gets nerfed into the ground. Picked it up today though. And I will say it just shreds still. It feels very dominant. We're not feeling a drastic decrease. I don't think we'll dive into the numbers obviously and see if there is some substantial difference, but early impressions and you said it to me behind the scenes we were both just popping off still with this gun. And I think early prediction is that it's going to retain its spot in the meta as a top, top tier, close range weapon. Next, I want to talk about the 3030 repeater change. And because I think it could really be a chain reaction to the future mm-hmm. of tweaking Apex Legends and making weapon changes moving forward. Essentially, they increased their reload speed, but they did it not as a baseline. They did it similar to this EVA 8 change, except even more hidden because they increased the reload speed benefit from stocks, which used to be extended max, but now it's stocks. And I'm a little bit fearful. I think this is a good decision. The repeater is definitely hindered by its reload speed, especially a full reload is just abysmal. Mm -hmm. But this could set a dangerous precedent, I think, for really hiding power of weapons into future attachments that aren't clear. You know, right now, even though it's been made public, we're discussing it. The newer players, even the general player, is not going to understand that stocks can give you a major advantage in your reload speed. Mm -hmm. So if that trend is continued, I'm kind of scared because you could start to see major benefits of weapons like reload put into Mm -hmm. weird attachments or weird hop-ups where it could kind of be hard to understand how to maximize the potential of a weapon if we're not keeping things in the light on extended mags, being clear with kind of how do you improve this weapon. Um, So good change, but I'm a little cautious about embracing these types of changes that are so, so under the rug. It's a really weird one, and I will say I have not picked up sniper stocks for so long (laughs) in my life that I have run the 3030, the G7, multiple times today, and I'm telling you, I see the purple sniper stock. I just walk right by it still. I like My brain cannot connect that that attachment goes on the marksman rifle, and I've like run away 20 meters and then been like, oh, wait. I got to go get that. I got to turn around. That's an important attachment. And it actually does go on my weapon. I don't even know how long it's going to take me to get that one ingrained back into my brain. It's probably one of the weirdest changes. It's been the way it has been since snipers got introduced to the game as a class with an ammo type. Oh man, what season? Was that back in season three? Season four, I think snipers became a official thing. Okay. Dude, crazy. It's been a long time long. of us passing on sniper stocks because we don't really majority run snipers. Of Apex. The yeah. majority. So, whew, getting that one back in the system, that's going to be tough. Let's wrap up the weapons talk, though. Overall, first impressions. Are you, you're the big weapons guy. So, are you looking forward to this meta? Any fears right now? Anything you're hesitant on? Or are you smooth sailing, at least until something else changes? I honestly think that this could be the best weapon meta we've seen so far. Last week, Mm -hmm. I was a little bit scared that we were going to be 
drastically increasing the skill level required to be successful in Apex. I don't yeah. necessarily think that's going to be the case. I love that the Prowler is back. It balances out the game so well between heavy it's and light. Fantastic. Love to see mm-hmm. it. In line with that, the SMG meta is so strong, which I think is very healthy for any game. And the Rampage seems to just be the perfect incarnation of a LMG. And then the Marksmans and the Shotguns weren't really messed with too much. So we just have strength all across the board, which is something that has always been true in Apex, that really you can't go wrong with any weapon. But these changes this season, I think, just elevate the guns even more to be what they are. So great. It's it's really awesome. I'm incredibly looking forward to seeing how it plays out over the next couple of months. You hit it though. That rampage seems to have slid in perfectly into what an LMG is. And I'm really excited to talk about it next week and see where it ends up fitting in terms of meta in the long term. But before we dive into the legends and map changes, here's a word from our sponsors. Welcome back. We're going to break it down now. We got some legends to talk about, briefly touch on them, and then we're going to dive into some World's Edge changes and give you guys our first impressions on the ever-changing map. Let's start it off, though, by talking about Fuse, who got a couple of changes that we're not going to let just not be shined on because Fuse is hilariously someone Henry and I, at the last couple weeks of Season 9, we both just happen to like link up and be like, yo, I've been having some great games as Fuse. And Henry's like, oh, I'm having some great games as Fuse as well. Now we're getting an awesome set of buffs to him. What's Fuse going to sit like in the meta? It's incredible. We can't over, like, can't just walk over these changes. Essentially, Fuse's ultimate is getting a big buff in terms of the mother load will now reveal enemies caught within the ring just have to pause and talk about it. This is incredible. You're now able to use Mm -hmm. this in major buildings in World's Edge in order to scan the entire thing for the entire duration of the ultimate. That's big. This is already a long old. Yeah, this is big. Like We're going to talk about it more throughout the season to see how impactful it's going to be. But I think this is influential for arenas, BR, specifically on World's Edge. Um, but this is a really nice change for the ultimate where it gives it more team utility, which is exactly what it was missing. Still difficult to use, still mm-hmm. has a, kind of a complex UI that forces you to go a little further than you'd like, but great change. A little more payoff now for going through the crazy UI stuff. Exactly right. Next, the passive, Fuse's Grenader passive, you can now toggle it on and off, which I think is a really nice change, something that we were calling for since the very beginning uh, of Fuse's release, that you don't always want to send a grenade into the stratosphere. Like You don't want mm-hmm. to have to you know, ricochet this thing off the wall. Um, that kind of defeats the benefits of having the grenade and, as a grenader. And not being able to use sky nades, mm-hmm. which is a huge portion of upper level apex legends and people were for a long time thinking oh fuse i'm gonna be able to carry two grenades and one slot tons of sky nids oh wait his passive doesn't let me do that thankfully now you can if the option is there for you simple fix and could be really really influential you know keep an eye out for fuse this season with this passive and the rampage it's really no joke but the big one the knuckle cluster tactical explosion has been increased in duration by 100%. It's doubled its duration, and in turn, on paper at least, according to the devs, has doubled in its damage. Mm -hmm. This is remarkable. Essentially, previous to this, you could do 50 total potential damage after sticking an enemy with the tactical over a one and a half second period. Now, it's a three second period. You're able to pin down enemies, you're able to block doors for longer. But I think you can now expect between 60 and 80 damage from sticking a knuckle cluster. And I will remind people that Mm -hmm. you have two of them. And the cooldown is incredibly liberal. Like, it's Mm -hmm. nuts. 
I'm going to be playing some more Fuse this season, and I really recommend others do as well because, Shay, you're going to back me up on this, but the tactical is pretty easy to stick, mm-hmm. and it yeah, packs a I'm telling a you, punch. it's got a magnet. It has a magnet somewhere in there, and you're right. It packs a punch. I'm not excited to get stuck by one of these. I've only run into one fuse today and he just held himself up in a building for a little bit longer than he's supposed to be able to. But man, once people start sticking you with this, you're going to feel it more so than you ever have before. Really don't have a tactical just like this. Uh, Before Mm -hmm. Valkyrie came in, I was saying things like Valkyrie is better at being an explosives enthusiast than fuse. And that's really sad. Mm -hmm. Now, with this change, I think that in a very different way than Valk's uh, tactical, Fuse has some real potential to control areas and deal a lot of damage and live up to the potential, I think. Yeah, if you run into the Apex Duo and the Organ 1 server, you're going to be seeing some Seer-Fuse tactical combos. And if you're behind cover, I feel bad for you right now if you run into the third-party pod team. No joke. (laughs) Let's talk about Horizon, though. We talked about her last week. Uh, I talked about her changes to her tactical, but she also got a little bit of a nerf to her black hole, slowing the gradual pull inwards. Got any thoughts on this? I have yet to actually uh, run into one and experience it yet. Um, Have you by any chance? I have felt it. Um, Okay. I think that you can't. It's easier to get away from now. Um, But I think that these changes to Horizon are very interesting. You know, slowing up the speed of the tactical um, actual lift is a weird call. You know, I think that that wasn't exactly what was wrong with Horizon um, and it didn't even revert it to its beginning speed. It's kind of this happy median uh, that the devs are saying. But the truth of the matter is Horizon is currently less popular than Mirage and was for the entire last season. She's Mm -hmm. not in... A healthy place. She's not where she should be as a major team, mobility, area of effect, legend. She should be higher. And her kit is just not in a very healthy space. And these changes, I was shocked by. I think they could have done more. And for some reason, they didn't want to. They didn't want to put her back up there, leave room for other legends, which I guess is always going to happen. I think that Horizon is suffering from what we've predicted in that the more legends you bring in, the less attention you can put on other legends. And we have a special connection with Horizon. We think that she's very deserving of love. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think there's just not enough to go around and we can't have her in the place that maybe she should be just because there's so much competition now. She is such an interesting legend in her story of she came to the game incredibly strong and we felt like that should be the staple for the introduction of a legend but horizon has so far showed okay you bring in a legend strong we think it should be easy to nerf somebody and make them a little bit more balanced this was the over nerf though and we haven't gotten horizon back into a healthy place and it shows that balancing legends in this game is incredibly difficult and something that we think is going to continue to change and hopefully improve over the next couple of seasons as they continue to dial it in and increase the legends that come into the game. So she's in a weird spot, going to be one to continue to monitor and see if uh, she has any other small little tweaks here and there that eventually put her where I think we hope she is, essentially. Let's talk about Rev. Rev, obviously, is always just a hot topic when it comes up. We discussed last week that there's you now some changes to the visual of being totem that as the totem starts to run out. But there is also now a movement slow when you're sent back to the totem, one that I think both you and I have noticed is actually kind of a bit of an effect on that slow. Whether it changes the meta of Rev and if you're going to play him or not, that might be tough to say. But it definitely is there. Yeah, I I think that these changes to Revenant are pretty conservative. They're not going overboard. Um, I haven't fully felt the effects of the visual changes, but I'm excited to see how they can be used against Revenant um, and how maybe you can overcome them as Revenant. 
Um, so I'm kind of holding my breath on that and I need to do more work to really uncover it. Um, but I think that it's so hard to balance because even with a slow, when you're sent back, that's not replacing the fact that you can have a zip line, a portal, definitely a launch pad, and mm-hmm. just keep that pressure going. Revenant is very offensive. It's really hard to put the brakes on that without destroying this kit. And after the changes last season, I think Rev is in an excellent place in terms of popularity and power. And so, although these aren't going overboard, I don't actually think that he needed uh, to be Mm -hmm. dialed in too much. Yeah, I think uh, people are frustrated with the Revtain meta. And the answer to nerfing that meta, per se, might not be Revenant, which hot take we can discuss that a different time in a different episode but we'll see if the totem is the real reason people are feeling overwhelmed and top tiers of ranked right now let's talk caustic an interesting interesting change break it down for us man this is really crazy so they hit caustic multiple ways the first gas damage starts at now five damage per tick and it increases one damage every other tick indefinitely it's uncapped Mm -hmm. the cooldown on the tactical the gas traps has also been reduced from 25 seconds to 20 seconds the ultimate cooldown has also been reduced from an insane three and a half minutes down to three minutes the duration of the gas grenade has also been reduced so a nerf duration going from 20 seconds to 15 seconds Here's the fun part about that ultimate change. The ultimate change messes up with the use of the caustic ult as a zoning ability because you're not going to be able to hold people off for 20 seconds. But for the people that use it as the offensive grenade to throw on people in a building, if someone's been in your gas grenade for 15 seconds, I would hope you can kill them at that point in 15 seconds 15 versus 20 seconds shouldn't change your ability to use it as an aggressive pushing ability which is i think one of the options when it comes to playing caustic essentially absolutely and the changes to the actual damage of the gas mean if somebody's sitting in it for 15 seconds tactical or ult they're gonna die you don't even have to fire a shot and Mm -hmm. i think that these changes tackle exactly what caustic needs it's perfection i really think because the challenge is how do you make the gas threatening enough for enemies to avoid it without dictating end rings and making it really messy and dirty i think that by reducing the time that it takes or to expire the ultimate 15 seconds only especially with how the ring is designed now with the slow shrink into six I think that's going to be combated. I really hope so. But the mm-hmm. fact that it still has the power now that it deserves, or people should be avoiding getting out of the gas, they're getting slowed. I hope that Caustic's in a really good spot. I think the funny part of this change to Caustic is the lead game designer tried to make a fraction of this change in Season 7 and hit so much backlash that they had to revert it. And we did not feel great about that decision. And we felt like there was way too much community pressure. It's now happened. Mm-hmm. Even and more it's so. happened amidst a very big update. And so it's not getting as much attention. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to be one to monitor. I think this is going to be one to see if at the split, does Caustic magically become meta or something? If people, you know think back look back and realize okay caustic's back to being a very powerful legend again now are we going to have a caustic meta at any point which a caustic meta is one of those metas that drives a lot of frustration and that becomes very challenging for the devs i hope we get a place where this just makes caustic maybe a little bit more popular but more so a bit more effective at doing what he is supposed to be able to do and in turn Good for all the Caustic mains out there. Hopefully you guys are all loving it and you're not having too many people play Caustic because then once everybody starts playing Caustic, that's in turn a nerf to Caustic. It's this really confusing circle of life with the Caustic players. That's right. 
Last legend change, though, just one that we need to mention, Octane. He got a change to the pad that was not in the patch notes, according to Ryan Rigney. And that is that the sound of players landing after using a jump pad is going to be louder in Season 10. I can confirm that it feels like it is very loud. I'll be honest. The sound of someone landing on me doesn't really change if I'm going to survive or not for the most part. But if they start to you know jump at you and they land short and maybe you hear them from further away than you would have otherwise, that could be a nice little change for counteracting this octane third-party push meta that I think a lot of people are having some frustration with right now. Yeah, I've had big thoughts about this ultimate for a long time. I think that we're definitely going to talk about it more as the season goes on because it's a big discussion and it requires a lot of unpacking. Currently, the developers think that the launch pad is fun and it helps a lot of players, um, but it's also incredibly effective at everything. Mm-hmm. Everything in the game, the launch pad does incredible at and its stats are through the roof. So is that good? Is going to be probably an episode topic coming up here in a few weeks because totally. mm-hmm. this is something that I think needs to be unpacked and we need to decide as a community, is this what we want? Octane's the most popular mm-hmm. and they have the strongest ultimate in the game. That was never really on our radar for the first mm-hmm. year of Apex. Now it's pretty much a fact. So something to look out for. Let's wrap up this episode by talking through last big topic of the day, the world's edge changes. Got a lot of changes to the map, ones that we were really excited about. Let's kind of go through each of them and give our first impressions so far. It's very early, and you'll get some deep dives on this throughout the season, whether they fit into ranked drops or just us breaking down the POIs and how to play them best. But starting off, we got Climatizer along with the kind of fissure extension that goes along with it. Oh my goodness. First thing before we dive into it, aesthetically, absolutely amazing. I think the sound coming off of the climatizer is so interestingly loud and weird, though. It has scared me multiple times, and I'm thinking that there's some team coming in on me or something. Like, it just shoots out of nowhere all of a sudden, and it's it's an alarming one, to say the least. I have to second that. It's the sporadicness of it and the sound. It it is a bit distracting, but very cool. Um, Mm -hmm. So the climatizer and this fissure extension are essentially changes, additions, destructions of refinery and epicenter. Mm -hmm. Really, really cool looking, as you mentioned. I think that the actual build of them is really, really cool. And they're essentially the changes made here at Climatizer are replicated over at Lava Siphon, which used to be Sorting Factor. That was really interesting. Yeah. Like we were not expecting... I don't want to say it's a copy and paste, but there are two very big buildings that are essentially a copy and paste right onto both sides, which is nice for learning the map, but maybe not what we were expecting. Yeah. I mean, last week, I think we talked about, huh, it's interesting that they're targeting these large train stations, pretty much. The the yeah. warehouses, mm-hmm. the train yard warehouses essentially all got destroyed on the whole map. There was three of them, now there's zero, and... Those are the major changes, and they were replaced in two of those places by identical long buildings. Um, they're really cool. Some of my initial thoughts are I love the verticality. They're very complex buildings, to be honest. Mm-hmm. They remind me a, a little bit of the structure of some of uh, Olympus, like Hammond mm. Labs, like proper, multiple levels, different compartment e rooms, yeah. uh, some windows are open some are not um it's definitely it's one you'll have how to many learn. are closed 100 mm-hmm. percent um the other thing that i'll say is when you're dropping here there are some great uh floor loot options on the outside of the buildings like multiple mm-hmm. weapons very good strong floor loot that is probably your best bet uh, as these are going to be very hot drops for the next week um but yeah, I, I do like these. I think, like you said, they look great. They have a lot of cool features to them. Do you have anything else to add? I mean, I think I I will just say I love how they're playing. This These two separated 
isolated spots that are then connected by the gondola, which we can talk about in a little bit, but also the play area in between, between the lava that's there, but it's not like a death sentence if you're dropping in there. There's a lot of playable ground down there. So then you have this height and low ground kind of dichotomy. And it's really interesting to see how these epicenter and, you know, flows in, but and you have the options of, okay, I can push into one of the buildings or I could push into the center crevice between the two and then push up into the building from that if I wanted to. There's so many options on how you take the fight here. It's going to be really interesting to learn. I think that the area up above Climatizer, what we're kind of calling the fissure extension, is also a really, really cool spot. It really changes the flow of these maps, though, and how you rotate in and out. And that's going to be something that I'm excited to monitor for how it affects ranked, especially if we get some late game shrinks over there, because that's some pretty strong high ground on those, you know, on that lower climatizer area. Going to be one to monitor. A lot of similarities, though, it's not going to be one where you feel like you're learning the buildings new outside of those big main buildings. You have the smaller circular buildings that we're used to from Lava Fissure area and a lot of other spots around the map. And that's kind of a nice thing. It's not going to be this crazy new learning curve for every aspect of the map. Overall, I'm really liking it. And holy heck, are the gondolas as fast as possible? We were joking before this you know, show started recording. We were shocked. Like you are constantly able to move in and out from these locations, from one side to the other with the gondola. You're moving, you're booking it. It's insane how fast these gondolas mm-hmm. are. They're major influence to the entire POI. So I, I was definitely shocked at how actually viable they are. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. I can definitely picture you creating your, your, Rampart battering ram and using these to to your <laughs> fullest potential in order to really get through enemies. Um, but I think even though these two changed POIs really rhyme, replacing those large train warehouses is a really good thing. When you mm-hmm. have large structures that don't have a whole lot of floors and different levels to break up, it spreads out the loot. And when you spread out the loot, you spread out your team. And so if you were landing train yard, refinery, sorting factory, Mm -hmm. and the large warehouse building, you probably weren't being as successful as you might have been if you were going into a smaller, more compact building. Even if it has more floors, these larger buildings kind of set you up in a disadvantage in the early game, at least. With Climatizer Mm -hmm. and Lava Siphon, you don't have that issue. You're much closer teammates and enemies, which I think is going to be more fun on the drop. Last thing I'll say. Yeah, feel free. The actual siphon at Lava, Lava Mm -hmm. Siphon, is really, really cool. The vents are awesome, but also the structure in between the actual POI and Harvester is massive. Like it, mm-hmm. it's almost like a whole new launch site almost, um, just with the observation posts and the interior of it. Really cool. One that I think might be overlooked by a lot of players, just not really knowing it's there because it's really big, but unnamed. Um, so that's mm-hmm. a major addition to the map that I'm excited to continue to utilize for loot and rotations. It's something really cool. Yeah. One thing I think that, is not mentioned it was briefly touched upon in uh the patch notes what is a really really strong new feature of this map are the addition of the bridges that cross these kind of big lava caverns now it's really nice for the rotations you're no longer rotating across a zip line where you're incredibly vulnerable you have these very long modern looking bridges that have a lot of cover and could lead to some really interesting fights in playing you know Are you going through? Are you going on top, on the roof of the bridge and rotating over as well? There's going to be a lot of kind of options to maybe not feel like you're separated by this chasm and the rotation is going to be really hard. I think you and I were kind of on the same page, just that a lot of these changes that they made are just really healthy for the health of World's Edge as a map in general, especially for competitive and high levels of rank. 100%. Let's talk about landslide though. You know, where train yard used to be. This is an interesting one. We actually, I think we were both slightly surprised how, you know, 
locked in we both were when we met up for talking about this one because we were both on the same page. This is no longer a droppable POI. There is no longer loot and what used to be train yard and is now landslide to support even one team, much less a contested drop with two teams. It's been changed up a lot, a lot. It It's a combination of not having the loot that I think we'd come to expect, but also just where it is in the map. You have to be able to be looted up in order to leave it. You can't go into fragment unloot like without equipment. So it's mm-hmm. really hard to drop there. And then loot aside, it's all been reduced to a single level. And so you can't really hide. You can't get away. Um, and so it's a really risky drop to contest. The devs say on the dev stream that it has about the same amount of loot. We're not necessarily feeling that so far. Um, but their goal of this change was to make it so there's less prolonged fights. I think the size and verticality of train yard made it so that there were a lot of third parties because light fights would last a long time. So that was the goal. Um, and I think they definitely are going to achieve that because this is a POI that I'm avoiding right now. It, it doesn't give yeah. me a lot of benefit. And that's sad to me because I, I really liked train yard, but I understand uh, the issues that it had. Yeah, this is just another one that I think plays into the health. I compared it to when they uh, changed the unnamed POI on Kings Canyon that was in the area of uh, the forest above where the river comes through. It's unnamed, so I'm horrible at remembering what to call this one right now. But it's just a change that is going to help the flow of the map and people aren't going to get stuck up at train yard rotating from the city. It's already so tough there with the tunnel to the vault. And now you're, I think, less likely to maybe be rolled up on by another team because they're not going to feel any to pause and loot there. So overall, I'm cool with this. It was interesting, though, because we definitely thought this was going to be another additional strong POI on the map that got changed. And more so now, it's an area to avoid. So not a huge actual map change in our opinions. That's right. Next, I have to touch on the changes to Overlook uh, and this new geyser rotation. There's now a back door mm-hmm. uh, between them and a new cave to go through. So kind of interesting to open up that side of the map a little bit. And then we have the major changes to just the entire map's look with the skybox changes. Shay? Beautiful. You know it. You know I love the map look in the... I've been asking for the world's edge sky back for the longest time. Oh, it was such a refresher opening this map for the first time, seeing that beautiful blue, but also this really cool lightning and thunder in the distance that's still there and somehow is dark, but the entire map is still bright. They pulled it off great. Uh, Nothing but praise for the sky right now. And finally, I have to mention a little bit of the quality of life changes. There's now new badges that indicate your win streak. Definitely cool to check out. Um, and there's also a new ping as a response to uh, your teammates' pings in that you can ask them to hold. So maybe we don't need to attack. Maybe we don't need to go there to defend or loot. We can hold, wait up. I think it's a great ping, great team communication. Well, it's hilarious. It was a five-star question last week asking what pings we would added, and that was actually literally one of the ones I mentioned. I said I need to tell my teammates to hold up sometimes right. instead of attacking. They listen to the podcast. They have to. A quick change, you know, we try to be on top of it. And then they also added a new sound effect uh, for gold backpack revives, um, which is just another interesting change to try to balance out the power of that item which is something that I've believed for a long time is going to be phased out uh, just because Mm -hmm. fast healing has been going by the wayside. Other abilities like the knockdown has been rid of some comp. I feel like the gold items have kind of been losing their teeth and being walked back, but it seems like there's a lot of investment into making the gold backpack work. And this this could help it stay in the game, I think. Yeah, obviously the changes were meant to let you know when you need to kind of expedite that push by being able to see the gold bag. 
but it doesn't make a ton of sense because obviously if you can see the gold bag, you should be able to shoot them. And so now you'll be able to, you know, hear if they're resin two floors below you and know if you need to push even more so faster than you would have before. So it's a nice balance. Really great season 10 changes are awesome. We are loving it to start. Any last thoughts before we wrap up with our five-star questions? I can't wait to play more. So hopefully everyone enjoys us. Let us know what you think of the season. We're definitely going to be playing as much as we can. No doubt about it. Let's wrap it up with our five-star question coming from Chili Boss. Just started listening off of a friend's recommendation. Love the podcast. Excited for when y'all review the season 10 changes slash patch notes. My question is about Caustic. I'm a Gibby slash Caustic main. I mostly played Gibraltar since they nerfed Caustic gas heavily, both the visibility and the damage. The new change to Caustic's kit somewhat addresses how weak he was in seasons 8 and 9, but they still feel underwhelming. His passive seems very weak slash non-existent as well. Have you heard anything about how the devs see Caustic right now? How would you make him more viable given how strong he was in seasons 5 and 6? It's tough seeing where he's at now. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks so much to the review, boss. And really good question. Honestly, I think Caustic has been kind of on a roller coaster. And the place that he was previously this season was not looked at in the best light. I really think this could be a wonderful season for Caustics. I've mm-hmm. been playing a little bit more on the first day. And I like how the gas feels, honestly. And I think that's really the core. Adding additional passives, like you mentioned, is a potential, you know, <laughs> Nothing is off the table right now in terms of how powerful a passive can be. Um, But I think that if you're playing in the gas, you're embracing the caustic main lifestyle, you can actually be successful in season 10 now. That's an early call, but I think there's nothing else they need to overtly do right now to make that happen. I will second the early call. I think he's going to be strong and be successful and hopefully not overpowerful. I think you're going to be happy if you're a caustic main as of now. That's going to wrap it up, though, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe on Apple Pods. Drop a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with a question, and we'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Join us on Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today, maybe tomorrow.